You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. One, two, I'm on. I'm good. How's everybody doing? Good. What a great service we've had so far. Um, How God has moved already here. Um, And we... Yeah, we're doing something different right now. Uh, this is a little different than what we're going to do today. Uh, but last week we talked a lot about vision. And if you missed last Sunday, I really encourage you to go back and check out the podcast and uh, hear what if, and hear what. Uh, Don't pull up too far, so Oh, you want to see people? Okay. <laughs> we're, well, this is new. This is new. We're figuring this out. Um, so, um, but I really encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. There's a lot of vision stuff. We, uh, Pastor shared with us last week, but we thought it'd be good if we kind of broke it down a little bit more and to do it in a way where we could share our hearts and uh, be able to do it in just a, a, a nice laid back kind of way where we talk, talk with each other, but maybe, maybe you know, it'd be like you'd be a fly on the wall and just kind of hear, hear the vision and hear a little bit more about where we're headed and that kind of thing. Um, and so, like, that's what we want to do today. So bear with us as we try something a little different, if that's cool. And uh, let's just, let's have a conversation about, uh, about the future and about uh, how it is we can get better involved and uh, plug in and do more. So, um, as we know, uh, 2011 is, we talked about last week about how many awesome things that we, you know, hoped and planned to do. But uh, I want to ask, you know, pastor, uh, that's really weird, but I'll say pastor. Um, <laughs> uh I know that you've, you've pastored several churches, uh, worked in ministry in several different areas and places, but of all things about those things, let's just start off today. Can we talk about what really makes 2011 different? What makes 2011 different than any other church you've ever been a part of, ever pastored? Let's just talk about that. Um, I, I say this with, with forethought. I'm, this isn't just, uh, let me think of something to say here, that it really is about the people of 2911. And um, I think it's... Uh, Listen, I, I don't think you came here necessarily as just these perfect people, but but uh, I think just because of, of how we've all said this is who we are, this is who we are. And one of the things that we say around here is uh, it's not about me. And we really have we really have that attitude in our people. Listen, I've pastored churches where, I mean, we got, we got advice all the time. I, I pastored one church. I thought it was just full of consultants. I thought that's all I did was, you know, is I was just listening to everybody's suggestions. We, we don't even have people here that, that request particular songs uh, on a Sunday morning, which is a big deal because you might think, so please, please don't start doing that. You might have thought, I never thought of that. Yeah, could, no, don't, please don't do that. I mean, we really don't see it that way. It's like everybody's got their thing to do, and we all do that. And I think that's one of the biggest things that is different I tell you, as far as as a pastor, that's one of the that's one of the breaths of fresh air that I have at 2911 is that you guys really it seems like you guys get that, and if you hadn't yet, get it with the rest of us, okay? Because uh, you you seem to really know that. I think that's it. Um, and we also know that like everybody here is really focused on supposed to be on reaching the unchurched and the de church. That's something we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. How we want to reach people that. That uh, other churches aren't reaching, and we got to do what other churches aren't doing in order to reach those people. So, what do you think? Uh, even what, what do you think is is the way that what do you what do you see when you look at 2011 as being like how we're positioned to to reach those 
to reach the church, unchurched and dechurched better than anyone else. You know, every church has the same mission. The great commission that Jesus gave us, Matthew 28, 19, 20, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to observe everything. Every, every church has got that, but, but every church is a little different, tweaked and everything. And I think one of the things that has made us a little different, and I can at least say this again, like <laughs> that first question about the churches I've pastored compared to this, is that we were talking about this from the very get-go. In our planning, before we launched, from the very inception of 2911, about it's not about us, and we have to focus on reaching the unchurched and the de-churched. And because of that, it's not an afterthought. It's not something that like, oh, wait a minute, did we think about those people out there? It's like we're constantly thinking about that because it's, it's ingrained in us. It's become part of our DNA. And th that's who we're going to be. That's who we got to be, right? Yeah. That's who we got to be. Yeah, got to keep so, doing that. So um, if, if, if we do that, um, if we as a church don't do anything else in 2023, what do you hope it is? What do you hope the one thing we do as a church is? Well, I, I think most churches do, do the loving one another part pretty good. There are a lot of churches that, I guess, have, have, uh, have stuff going on, conflicts going on and all that kind of stuff. But I think what most churches struggle with is the evangelism part. So that's the thing, is I hope we reclaim that. Uh, that that's kind of our theme, you know, uh, for this year, is I hope we reclaim personal evangelism. Yes. And I said this a lot when we, were, when we were first getting ready to launch and right after we launched, is that when I first got started in ministry, I mean, people heard that I was a pastor, and it's almost like, oh, they back up a little bit, say, oh, but, and if they had just said something off color, they apologized and all that. People don't do that anymore. People do not respect me. They don't honor me. They don't believe me. They don't trust me to the level that they used to. But you know who they trust? You know who they believe? They believe the people they work with, that they go to school with day after day after day. Personal evangelism is the best way for us to reach the people that don't know Jesus. And so that's what I hope we reclaim. Well, we've had a lot of turnover uh, since COVID and uh, this new building and everything, a lot of new folks coming in. And that's one of the things I hope we can really zero in on this, this year is reclaiming personal evangelism. I hope we can share some of that with you guys this year. And that, I mean, that sounds awesome. That sounds like a great, uh, a great thing. But, you know, I think anybody that, that look, that, that's ever made a New Year's resolution can, can say, oh, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's what I want to do this year. But I think the thing is, is like where, where, where do you hope we'll be as a church in 2024? Well, uh, I think following that, I think that's really the thing. I, I think we got a lot of things going really well, but that's the thing we've got to do. Um, many of you that are new, newcomers, you've come maybe because of the coffee shop or you met someone there or that, hey, there's a new church on, on the street here and let's go try it out. But uh, it's got to get back to that. And, and uh, I got three words, and I think this is going to come up in a sermon really soon. And uh, here's one of the things I hope that we become uh, by 2024, that we're a church full of inviters because, you know, we all have our different ways of handling things. And some of us get scared thinking about evangelism, thinking that we've got to, you know, lead people and you've got to preach them a message. But if, if we can all find our place as either an inviter or an encourager or an evangelist, you know, and so if we can all, if we can become that kind of a church that every one of us, you're one of those things, maybe two of those things, but you're at least one of those things, that you're an inviter, you're an encourager, or you're an evangelist. That, that uh, hopefully... You know, I think that resonates just hearing, hearing that that's what the kind of church we want to be. I hope that resonates with everybody. I hope that makes it. Yes. Yeah, that's the church I want to be a part of, yeah, you know. Me too. Um, I think, you know, just saying that and hearing that, that we want to be a church about 
reaching people, about really seeing people uh, come to know Jesus and uh, us all becoming the, the witnesses, the van, you know, evangelists, whatever you want to call us, us all taking ownership of that. I think that, that should resonate with us. And hopefully uh, that makes you want to jump in and, and yeah. be, a, be a bigger part of, what, so. uh, of what's going on. Um, if, if you're not a member, though, if you're not a part of 2911 and you want to be a part of 2911, uh, we probably need to talk about that for a minute and talk about, about like how, how do people jump in there and how do people uh, become a member. Uh, so what, what is church membership? Why is it important? How, how, does, how does someone even you know, join a church? How does that work? And I think there's been less emphasis on church membership over the past couple of decades or so. But church membership is important because there has arisen also during this time, well, church membership isn't that important, but I think uh, consumer mentality. You know that that you know it's like we got to give you something so that you'll come back and that you're you're here to consume and what that's done is that's created a transient church attendance is that people att- I, I know someone I know someone who attends three different churches that they go to this church for this and this church for this and this church for this they attend three different churches I hope you agree with me that's not healthy that's not spiritually healthy you know we all need a church and, and let me t- let me tell you why if I can I can remember the four, the four reasons why we, uh, we all need church attendance and, and and our church membership and one of them is and listen God created you right I, I'm not saying this about you because it's what I believe this is this is how God wired you you need a place to belong you don't need to just slip in and out of a place and be at this church for a little while that church for a little while you need a place to belong and secondly, you need a, a, a responsibility of membership. When you're a member of something, you have responsibility, and we need responsibility. Uh, I mean, that, I think those are the times I struggle the most is when I feel like I don't have any responsibility. We see that in the story of David. Remember David? His big, big, huge sin. If you don't know it, look it up. I don't have time to preach that. His big sin was the night he didn't have any responsibility. He had, he had pushed aside his responsibility. He didn't have anything to do, and he ended up in great sin because of that. You need that. We need those uh, those kinds of responsibility. And uh, oh, and I'm see, I'm kind of, I'm trying to remember what my third one is. Oh, you need friends. You need friends. Listen, you need friends. You, you might hear us talk about you need five, four plus one friends. You need friends who number one, they will see when you start, you know, you start missing on on a Sunday. You start missing grow group. But also, you need friends that are close enough to you that they don't just notice when you're not here. They notice when you begin slipping. That may be your joy or your excitement or your, you know, you're not your normal self. You need friends like that. And, uh, and those are the things, <clears throat> those are the things that, that you don't get uh, from uh, just showing up at a church on Sunday or, or visiting that church on Sunday, visiting that church. There are really only three things I want to share with you, but this is just tie this up. This is the fourth thing. It's just tie this up is you only get that through the commitment of church membership. And those are the three big reasons that you need to you need to be a member of a church. And listen, this is not it. We're not offended to that. You know, that everybody obviously everybody in North Jefferson County can't fit in this building, right? No matter, we'd have to have uh, you know twenty services every single Sunday. You know, every every single day of the week probably to fit everybody in. So we know that everybody doesn't fit here. So you, but you need to find that place. And if this is it, you need to be a member of the church. And the best way also to like become a member is to come to one hundred and one. We have one hundred and one, like Justin yes. already said is to come, uh, it's the last Sunday of every month. We provide lunch, we provide childcare, um, and if you, if you wanna be a part of 2011, it's the best way to get com- uh, questions answered and all those kind of things. So 
uh, go to church2011.com slash 101, and you can sign up uh, for this month's uh, 101. Yep. But uh, so but before that, are there any, any requirements or disqualifiers, anything that would keep, like, you know, anybody from being a member of 2911? When I grew up in the church I, I was raised in, there were things. It's like if you didn't do this, that, whatever. I, I, I d we don't want you to see it that way around here, okay? Uh, you need to be in agreement with the things that Church 2911 teaches, okay? You, uh, our doctrine or whatever you want to call it. You can find that on, on our, our website, church2911.com, and uh, you can look those over. Um, but it doesn't mean that you're perfect. You know, I think that's the way some people is like, well, I struggle with this one. Okay, that's fine. You know, I, I pastored, I went to pastor a church, and uh, when I got there, there was a lady there that, that she had gone to this church her entire life, and uh, her family had actually planted the church years and years, I mean, decades ago. And uh, she wasn't a member. And so one day, and this was after I'd been there a while, and I kind of got to know her a little bit. And so I pressed, and I said, why aren't you a member of the church? And uh, she said, well, and this particular church had a teaching against the use of tobacco. She said, well, I smoke. And I said, and? She said, well, the church teaches against that. I said, yeah. She said, and I smoke. And I said, yeah. She said, well, I'm not in line with that. I said, that's, that's not what the teaching is. I said, is, uh, is, is lying wrong? And she said, yeah. I said, you know what? We got people, and I pointed out, I remember pointing to the sanctuary, and I said, we got people sit out there every Sunday that they lie sometime during the week. You know, they slip up and lie or they, maybe they don't commit adultery, but they lust or something, and they fall in sin or whatever. And I said, have you ever tried to try to quit smoking? And she said, she, you know, if, you're, if you know any smokers, uh, well, they'll tell you, yeah, I've quit 100 times. And I said, so you're in agreement that it's bad. And she said, yeah. I said, then why aren't you a member? And so the same, you just need to be in agreement. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that, okay, a pastor understands, and even though I'm still, no, it means you, you need, what you need is you need God's help but you need the help of people around you, getting back to those friends. And so being in this, I told her the best thing you can do is to, is to commit myself to saying, I believe like this is wrong for me and this is good for me and those things and have these people around you that push you. So it's not that you have to be perfect in meeting all those things, but you just have to be in agreement with those things and say, this is where I want to go. And not to, ex not to say that, well, they understand. No, to say they want to help me become everything that God wants me to be. So that, that's, there's not a yes or no answer there. I hope you got that, though. <laughs> and and when, after you become a member, there's, there's several things that we kind of hope everybody will do. Um, and last week, you talked about several of those things. You talked about personal evangelism. You talked about friendliness. We already talked about personal evangelism a little bit uh, to begin with today. But we, well, last week, we talked about friendliness. We, uh, we talked about uh, finding the awesome thing that God uh, has called us to do and yeah. to, and giving and those I know those are three ways we can all do our best to to support and be part of the dream if if the dream you know is is if, if what we're talking about this church being if that is you know what you want to be a part of and you say that you're part of 2911 those are the things that we've all got to got to rise up to the occasion and and be be part of but uh, let's can we talk about friendliness and all, all those little things real quick yeah. just real quick but like friendliness. Um, why do you think, and I, I mean, I think it is, it, what people always say when they come, when they come to our church that it's friendly, I and mean, we've heard that before, and, you know, still have people that, that say that it's a very friendly church, yep. and, um, but, um, and, and I'm not saying we're perfect, not saying that we always, that we don't ever miss somebody, you know, if somebody doesn't have a bad experience or whatever, it's not, it's not perfect, 
but why do you think our church has always been so welcoming, so friendly? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it definitely is, right? I mean, it takes Jamie, what, about five minutes to get you guys to quit talking so we can start service, right? You know, and, and, and you guys hang around and around and around, you know, for, for a long time. So it is a friendly church. But it, it goes back to the very first answer that I gave you this morning. It's the same thing. It's our people, and specifically our leadership. If our leaders aren't friendly, then our people, people won't be friendly. Because if leaders are standoffish, and I'm saying this to you leaders, just as a reminder, you're leading, okay? And it's because our leaders are doing this, because our leaders are promoting and pushing. If I'm not friendly, it's not going to be a friendly church. You know, people follow leadership. That's the way it is, you know. And, and so it, I think that is the biggest, biggest thing is that we push it, we promote it, we encourage it. That whole five-minute challenge thing is really just a reminder every week to be friendly, to be friendly. And, uh, you know, just follow up about, like, with the Bible um, you know, does, does the Bible require us to be friendly? You know, and I think, I think that's, you know, it's easy to go yes or no real quick there, say, well, you know, does it say, like people want to say, well, does the Bible say that you can't have a little bit of alcohol? So, you know, it's not a yes or no question there a lot of times right there. Let me, let me, let me say this to you. I think some people are, are worried about that friendly and say, well, you can't be friendly to everybody. Well, I don't know. I think you have to be friendly to everybody. I, I, I believe Jesus was to everyone that would allow him to be, you know, I think some of the things we, we get worried about is when, when our friendliness may be seen as condoning sin, when someone is in sin, and if we're friendly with that person, no, 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 you can be friendly with somebody who's in sin. I mean, because we all mess up, make mistakes, right? We want to be friendly. You know, and, and I thought about this. I, I, I thought about this again, a story that I uh, went to preach at a limestone correctional facility. This was de uh, years, decades ago, and and uh, we went up, and uh, a few of our worship team went up. And uh, the reason we got there, we went there, is because one of the ladies on the worship team, her son, was there. And so we went through a service one night, and uh, and and so I got to preach, and it was, that, that was, you know, those are enjoyable experiences. Get to go in and do those kinds of things. But afterwards, um, on our way back, this, you know, this is not maximum security, so you know they're not keeping us separate. We're walking across the courtyard. You know, we're headed to the exit, and they're headed back to uh, their rooms. Uh, and uh, and a, a young man, a man that I grew up with, he was there in prison, uh, and uh, he he saw, you know, he obviously heard me preach. Well, he he caught me so that we could walk together as we were walking across the courtyard, and he began apologizing to me as he felt like that he was an embarrassment to me and I thought well first of all nobody here knows that we know each other until you just walked up and started talking to me so you know you didn't embarrass me but then I told him I called him by his by his name and we, we we were raised in the same church together knew him for all those years and and still we're Facebook friends today you know but uh but uh I looked at him I called his name and I said you know the only difference between me and you is my sin is hidden and your sin has been exposed that's the only difference. There's no other difference. You see, the friendliness, I could be friendly with someone in prison without saying what you did was okay. I didn't have to do that. So, so using that, I think sometimes we have, maybe not on purpose, but we've used that as an excuse to not be friendly with people who have been wrong. But, you know, when I read the Bible, what I read in the Bible is friendly, friendship is a blessing. That must mean that we should be friendly to other people because then we're a blessing to them by being friendly to them and giving them friendship. So that was a long answer also, not yes or no. <laughs> it was. Um, so that, that's friendliness. But then finding your awesome thing. I mean, I think we can all be friendly. But maybe th you uh, struggle finding your awesome thing. What would you say to somebody uh, that if, they're, if, they're not, if they're having trouble finding that awesome thing they, they want to do for, 
for God, what, what do you think they should do? Well, I'm struggling right now not to preach all these uh, answers right here because, you know, that's why I'm fidgeting here a little bit because I'm wanting, I'm wanting to share. But, but this May is I remind you we have other sermons in yes, the sermon yeah. series coming uh, up so that we can touch on all these things. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how do you find that awesome thing? Because people say, well, I haven't found my awesome thing yet. Let me, let me be nice if I can here, but let me be blunt. I, you're probably not looking hard enough, okay? If you had not found it, you're probably not looking hard enough. Let, let, me, let me give you some things to do. First of all, pray. Now, whenever I say pray about any, you know, people ask me a question, I say pray. I know people are saying, well, that's always the answer, right? But, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I prayed about it one time. You know, then you keep praying because, see, prayer is not just telling God something and walking away. Pray and expect God to speak back. Whether he speaks back that almost audibly into your heart like you get sometimes or whether he just lays something out. Sorry, oh, wait, there it is. That's the sign. I see it now or whatever. Pray and expect God to somehow speak back. Secondly, we got a little tool around here. It's online, and I don't know uh, what the URL is. It's uh, church2011.com slash test. Test. And, and you can take that test, and it will help you see what your passion gifts are and give you an idea. So try that out. Try that test, okay, slash test. And then thirdly, um, you can try out a team. You know, I think some people are scared, you know, if I volunteer for the nursery, I'll be in there for the rest of my life, you know. And, uh, you know, no, try it out. If you think that will be it, try it out. Um, I've told the story many times about a couple of ladies that came to me and they said, you know, we don't have a ministry to feeding the homeless downtown. They said, we want to do that. And so we, we were able to connect with them with some things, you know, and everything. They went down and did it and they came back and said, uh-uh, that wasn't what God called us to do, you know. <laughs> you need to try those things out because when you, the best way to figure out what your passions and gifts are really are to try them out and you start learning about them then you can tweak them okay uh, and, and then and then let me give you this last thing is ask yourself this question if money was no object what would I do in life now you might think well it don't have anything to do with ministry it might you know I, I've got an uncle that I think I think since he retired I think his his calling has been baked cakes he loves to bake you know and there have been so many people that he has taken a cake to. You know, I got, I got a chaplain friend. He does the same thing. I mean, that's his ministry. You know, he brought, when my mom was sick just before she died, he brought cakes, he brought cookies, he brought all kinds of stuff. Man, the nurses were, loved him as much as we did, you know, because we allowed them to eat with us as well. And that became ministry to him. So what is your passion? What is the thing you would do if you, did, if you had enough money that you could just do anything you wanted to in the world? That might be your ministry if you just think about it. We all got to find that awesome thing to do. We all got to find that. We're going to talk in, in the next few weeks. We're going to talk about uh, that, that evangelism more. We're going to talk about friendliness more. We're going to talk more about, uh, about finding that awesome thing that we need to do. But we're not, we're not coming back to a specific sermon on giving in the next few weeks. So let's, let's wrap up here talking a little bit about how we can support 2911 financially. Um, we're, I think the big question is maybe... You know, I think anytime you give money to a church or any organization, where do, where do our tithes and our offerings go? Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you, uh, in the next few weeks, I'm going to give you a, a, a kind of a pie chart look uh, because I want you to see how much things have changed since 2019. You know, the, something big happened in 2020. Y'all know? Y'all know something big happened? You know, everything changed in 2020. But another big thing happened, is you're thinking about the bad thing that happened, COVID, right? The good thing that happened in 2020 is we got this building, you know? And so, so a lot has changed about our finances around here. So I want you to see that through pie charts about how things change, okay? But until then, let me, let me just lay this out for you real quick. I can say that um, it's, it's kind of several different categories I could wrap them up in. One is the building, uh, the building payment. Uh, 
uh, utilities, insurance, and we've spent a ton of money on remodeling this building and, and fixing it up and everything, okay? Uh, and, then, and then there's um, there's benevolence and missions that we have raised money for. Then there's, then there's the ministry, which, you know, our staff, uh, staff salaries are, are, are training with our, training our leadership, training our teams and team meetings and that kind of stuff as well. And, um, and uh, you know, th those are the those are the major things I think that that uh, that we spend the tithe and, and the offerings on. Um, and then, uh, and if I can just say this real quick, also, we've still got those projects we're working on. Just see the doors back here; don't they look awesome? Yeah. And um, and let me tell you, that's about a five thousand to six thousand dollar job back there. That if we just called somebody and ordered it and say y'all put it in everything. But seven different guys have been involved in making that happen, and it cost the church $1,300. So thank God for that. Amen? Say praise God for that. So, you know, there are a lot of things. We, we, had, we had a guy um, maybe a year ago, maybe not quite that long ago, that said, what can we do? I don't know if you all remember when we were first here, we had the speakers that were in the way up here on the front. And he said, what can I do to help us get this? I said, we, we've got them picked out. So we just, he said, how much is it? And uh, he said, I'm going to bring a check today. And then it ended up, he didn't bring a check. He actually went online and he ordered them, and they were shipped to us. And so that's where we got these. You know, there's a ton of ways to, to give and to help and support those kinds of things. But those are all these kinds of things that we do around here. And so there's still about, um, about $4,500 of, of remodel stuff that we want to do right now. We, we want to finish that area back there now that we've got those doors out there, uh, green it up, some stuff like that. We've got lights in here. We've done the first step of it. We need to finish that out. We've got some maintenance that needs to be done on our play space we've got a flooring situation back there I kind of all of us hate to say this because I don't want you to really I won't I don't want you to see if you hadn't been noticing how bad the floor is in some of those high traffic areas we've got a warranty claim on that and so uh, we're hoping it comes out real good if not we're gonna have some money there but not counting that we got about forty five hundred dollars that uh, is not in the budget for us to do the rest of these things that we need to do and so if you want to give toward that please do so I think everybody should I'm sorry I'm muted here. I muted myself. Uh, that wasn't on them. I wanted you to know that. Uh, how can uh, how can someone give? You can go to church2011.com slash connect, and you can give there. Uh, there's also the box in the back as you're leaving today. You can always check that out. But uh, let, me, let me ask uh, you just a couple more questions. And since we're talking about giving, supporting, and all that, and we say the word tithing, and that's a word maybe, uh, maybe far into some ears, you know, may, or may just – may have a bad connotation with other people. Um, you know, what, what is tithing, and how does someone go about, like, beginning to do that? Okay. <coughs> so some people say, well, tithing, that's an Old Testament thing. Yeah, it is, but it's also a New Testament thing. Tithing began in Genesis. Okay, we see Cain and Abel actually tithing. Go read the story again and see what they were doing. They were giving of their increase. Specifically, the first time we see the word tithe is still in Genesis, I think in chapter 17. And, and it's there. Okay, so we're seeing it happen, but then specifically we see this word. This word tithe actually means tenth, okay? And so we see it in Genesis. We see it through. I mean, the, the Old Testament just keeps talking about it, keeps talking about it, all the way to Malachi, you know, keeps talking about it. And then Jesus talks about it. He specifically said one day, you ought to tithe and do the other things as well. And it's response to a question. And even Paul mentions it in 1 Corinthians and talks about, uh, talks about uh, you know, the first, first of the week. Don't, don't wait and think about it and give it maybe a little bit later, give you leftovers, but lay aside at the first of the week your gift. So, so what tithe is, though, according to God, is he says, it's my part. It, whatever your increase is, a tenth of that is my part. 
That's what God says. I didn't say that. I didn't make it up. Uh, and if you have a hard time finding that in Scripture, ask me. I'll, I'll take you to just Google the word tithe, you know, Scriptures on tithe, and you'll just see boom, 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 all of them come up, and, and you'll just see all those things. God said this is my part. Here's, here's how this lays out. Uh, you know, he, he didn't say uh, the, the tenth of your income. He said the tenth of your increase, okay, because back in those days, everybody didn't have income. But everybody, we all have increase, right? And we have different levels of increase and different ways we increase. Like if you were a shepherd and you had 10 lambs born into your flock, the first one belonged to God. If uh, you sold, uh, you know, the, the wool from those, those lambs that you have in your flock, if you sold those at market, 10% of that increase of the amount of money that you got for selling that belongs to God. If you work for a shepherd, 10% of your income belonged to God. If your uncle died and uh, left you in his will, left you ten lambs, the first one of those belongs to God. No matter what it is, God says, a tenth of your increase belongs to me. And this is, this is the commitment that he has made to you to bring all the tithes in the storehouse. And he makes those four promises of Malachi chapter 3. I don't have time, don't have time to preach all that. But his thing is if you do your part, you honor me in the tithe, you honor me in the tenth, you recognize the tenth belongs to me and you bring it into the storehouse, then he says, I will do all these things for you. So it's a partnership that happens. That's what tithing is. That's why tithers are blessed. You want to know why you're not blessed? Let me ask you, first of all, are you a tither? Tithers are blessed because God has made specific promises in finances about tithing. And uh, I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody, but I could point you out a few tithers in this, that are highly blessed because... They have partnered with God. They have this contract with him. They have accepted this because of their commitment, and God has been committed back. So two more quick questions. Number one, this might be just kind of blunt, but what is, what's 2911's debt? $378,000, okay? That sounds like a whole lot of money if, if, uh, if, you own, if you owed it, but when you look at this building, I don't know if you know what property prices look like around here, but the problem the, the uh, property that we have here, um, that's uh, we are very blessed to be in this building and at this level, the three hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars. And the last question I ask today is, how is benevolence handled? We handle it on a one-on-one basis. Uh, people come to us, but I'll say this: uh, I don't know anyone that has asked that we've said no to. We always, every every time we try to say yes, but our goal is not to help people stay where they are. Our goal is to help people, you know, get through what you're going through, but start growing. So one of the things we tell people is when we help them that first time, we say, now look, everybody gets a free first handout or whatever, but if you don't do something, join a, a financial small group, uh, or, or we, we've got people in this, in this room right now that are financial counselors that can help you with budgeting, all that kind of stuff. If you don't do some of those things, then we can't help you a second time because we want to help you through this rough time, but we also want to help you with that because what the goal really is, if you're one of those people that has gotten handouts over and over and over through your life, you know what my goal would be for you? is for you to stop being the recipient and start being one who is a donor that it can give to other people who have struggled like you through all your life. That's what we want to see happen, and we don't have just by handing out. So that's why we help every, anybody first time. But then we say, you know, now you've got to do something 
if you want the second time to cook because we want to put that carrot out there for them to start trying to be able to grow and then we can come back. So it, so it, it, it kind of helps us make sure that we're not just giving handouts and it challenges them also to try and do something more with their life instead of just cash the check that we gave them. So those are those three things, those well, four things that we can do, you know, evangelism, friendliness, uh, finding your awesome thing, and giving. Um, those are the four things, and we're going to talk more about some of those later on this month. We're not, not, we're going to focus on giving again, so we want to talk there a little bit longer and answer maybe some harder questions. Uh, but that's kind of the wrapping up the conversation today. That's kind of the wrap up. But uh, before we do, uh, Pastor's going to say another couple things to us, but I want to say a word of prayer uh, before, we, before we get there. Um, the other night I was going over these questions and uh, just looking through them and, you know, just th thinking through, like, what we're going to talk about and those kind of things and thinking about the future, thinking about the things that we want to see happen. And I remember back in 2020, early 2020, we, uh, we were talking about having what would, a, what would a, uh, a permanent home for 2911 look like. And, you know, we were talking about what a building would be like if we, you know, because we di didn't want to have a building that was just used by us on Sunday mornings. That sounds important was to us. And uh, we started laying that out. And looking at that, and we're sitting in, in uh, your living room, uh, you know, showing the pictures. I think it was your, it was either your living room or Colin Jamie's living room. I don't remember. It was one or the other. We were sitting there and looking at it on the TV, uh, looking at some uh, a slide thing that we put together and talking through it and talking about the things we could do with the building outside of Sundays. And, you know, we thought that was way off in the future. And then COVID happened. And then we were in a building, you know, in just a few months. And then yep. here we are today, you know. And I just think about all the awesome things that we could do and all the awesome things that we want to do, and I know this in our hearts, um, just beyond this. Yeah. And then I got to thinking, it's just I went through the, through the notes, and I got into their giving, and I thought, how horrible would it be if the, if the reason we weren't able to do it is because the budget wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I don't want that to be, a, be the case on my part, you know, and I, I, I hope that you don't either. But So I encourage you to be a part of it. If this is the thing, let's be a part of it. Let's make it happen. Um, and I believe God's going to bless our yeah. church. I believe he's, I believe if he, you know, he'll, he'll find the way to do it. You know, if it's his, his will, he's going to do it. And yeah. I want him to use me. Amen. I want him to use me. Amen. So um, I want to play, play a blessing over church that, that we, can, we can be uh, a church that are, are givers, but also our witnesses. Our fr we're, we're friendly. You know, I want to pray that real quick, and then we're going to wrap up. Okay, so let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for this home that you've given us, this 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 uh, group of people that you've given us to belong to, and I thank you for all the ways that uh, you've blessed our church in the past few years. That when other churches are struggling and other churches are are trying to find, you know, struggling to keep the doors open, God, you've blessed us to to be able to do some new and awesome things. And I just thank you for the the new ways that we are being able to impact the community through the coffee shop, through the through the the play space, and through the the other things we do. Um, and God, I thank you for the vision and the heart you've given us, God. And I pray that you help each one of us rise to the occasion Amen. to be a part of this awesome Amen. thing that you have for us, God. That that we would be, we would be the witnesses that you want us to be. That we would be the the the, the friendly people, the welcoming people that you you called us to be. That you would that we would welcome people in just as you welcomed us in. That we would wrap our arms around the hurt and the broken just as you wrapped your arms around us. And I pray that you would help us be givers, God, that we would be cheerful givers and that you would bless us and help us see that when you bless us, it's in order to bless other people. Not just giving here, God, but help us to give out of everything that we're, we're blessed with, God. Not just financially, but help us be a blessing out of everything Amen. that you've blessed us with, God. Amen.
And I pray that you would, you would help us find that awesome thing. Yeah. Help us find our place in this dream that you have for us, God. And I believe you've called us all here together for a purpose, for a reason. And there is something awesome in our future. I thank you for that, God. I thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let me wrap us up real quick, if I can, as quick as, as, quick as Pastor Rick can wrap up. Let me wrap up, all right? Um, and uh, let me say, uh, I'd love to hear feedback on how this went today, if we were just totally boring or if this was, uh, I hope, needed. And I'd love to hear your feedback on that, okay? Um, we're not going to do this every Sunday, okay? okay we're going to do some things like this uh, for the next few weeks. We're going to do some, some different things, but not, not exactly what we did today, okay? Um, but let me, let, me, let me challenge you in this wrap-up right here, okay? Um, if, if there is a theme to all of this, you know, it's that reclaim and whatever, but, but your theme for you individually, I want you to hear this word. I want you to hear this word, commit, okay? Uh, last week I told you that I'm not big into resolutions. And you know why? Uh, let me show you why. Resolution comes from the word resolve. And here's the definition of the word resolve. To reach a firm decision about, okay? Now that sounds good, right? Reach, you know, get there. Firm decision about. But you know the problem with that is decisions are all right here. You know, and a resolution, if a resolution never gets out of here, it's never going to change a thing. And that's the problem with most people's resolutions is they never get out of here. They're just, they're just a decision. And you can make the decision all you want to, but you've got to go beyond the decision. You've got to couple that decision with a commitment. The word commitment, to think, or the word commit means, commitment means something pledged. Something that is, you know, a commitment or, or something that's committed is something that has been pledged. So it's got to be beyond just a decision. It's got, it's got to somehow fit into your life where you pledge something, okay? And here are the three areas where you pledge in a commitment. It's time uh, and resources and effort, time, resources, effort. Now, now, whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, and you make this, you make this resolution, you know, you're starting a new business, you're going to lose weight, you know, what, whatever the thing is, you're going you're gonna, to, you know, work, start working out and get in better shape. You've got to commit those three things to make it actually happen. Just, just resolving that I'm going to be in better shape by the end of 2023 is not enough. You've got you've to you've pledge those things. You've got to commit those things into your life. The time. Like if you want to get in better shape, you know, then first of all, you need to ask somebody else because you can say, you know, that's not a big deal to me, right? Uh, but if you want to get in better shape, you're going to have to pledge the time. You've got to figure out, well, when can I go to work out? You know, when can I do this thing? When can I, you know, when, and, and what you do with that is you have to lose some of your other time. Like some of the things that you spend time on, you have to write it off and move that out of the way so you make time. Maybe what you do is you set your alarm clock 30 minutes earlier every day so that you get up earlier and so you've got 30 minutes to spend working out. Maybe that's what you do. But you pledge that amount of time. Then you also pledge resources. And uh, not just money, but uh, I don't have a lot of time here, so let's talk about the money part but think about you got to pledge resources sometimes something that you would give but like the money like one of the things you may do is you might spend fifteen hundred dollars on a on a treadmill you know you can spend a whole lot more or you can buy a cheap old one for even less than that but you're pledging that money you're 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 involving that amount of money and you know you're something you would else you would spend it on something else you would spend it on you're you're spending it on that you have pledged that you have committed that amount of money or you may instead of doing that you may actually join a gym you know 40 bucks a month or something like that you know it's what are you doing you're saying okay i'm not going to eat out two lunches uh, uh, you know uh, of, of the month or something so that i can take that money and i can use it toward that so you're pledging that so you've made the time pledge the commitment you've made the resource you know pledge commitment but 
even getting to that point is still not going to get you in shape. You've still got to give the effort. You've, still, you've got to go from resolution to the commitments of time and resources, and you still have to give the effort. If you start hitting the snooze button on that alarm and you hit it for three times because you decided this morning I'm not going to work out, and you're going to start doing it more and more frequently until finally that time is eaten back up by your sleeping or whatever it is that you put aside if you start doing that or if you decide you know inst instead of spending that you know the the resources that you had allocated you know the, because that that treadmill becomes a place to hang dirty clothes or whatever you know that, that's never happened to anybody else's uh, house has it or all, all of a sudden you decide well this month I don't think I'm gonna go work out I'm gonna spend that forty dollars on so-and-so or whatever and you start using it that way when you start doing that, you, you've done all these other things except for the effort. You know, and, and that's, that's, what, that's what is going to make the difference. If you don't give the effort, you don't lose a pound. If you don't give the effort, you don't get, it, you don't get in any better shape than you were in. You can make all the resolutions. You can commit the time. You can commit the resources. But if you don't give the effort. I challenged you last week to be here all five Sundays of, of, of January. And uh, so far, you've done good, right? All of you that are here. And if you weren't here last week, please listen to that sermon, okay? To set this up and be, these, be here these next three because we're doing something different because we're challenging ourselves to reclaim who we say we are as God's church in North Jefferson County. We're reclaiming that this year. So I want to, I want to challenge you again to do that, but you've got to give the effort. You can say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll be here next week, Pastor. You've got to get up and do that next week. You've got to set your alarm clock. You've got to commit the resources, and then you've got to give the effort to do that. This is just the first test to see if, see if we're going to do this this year, see if 2023 is going to be what we believe and what God is dreaming it to be in 2911. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.